Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you for tuning in. I am Jason. And I am John. And I've been up since 4.30 in the morning. And aren't you glad to stay? you stayed up to watch that hockey game? <laughs> it was a challenge, my friend. Oh, it was a challenge. M-G. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first game of the back-to-back, Omaha faces off with Miami and Goose Egg. Yeah, and, you know, that kind of reminded me of the final series we played against Miami last season where we got swept out at Oxford, Ohio, and we did not score a goal the entire weekend. This game reminded me a little bit of that. And I don't I don't know what you would attribute it to. I don't know, were they, were they tired? Was it just a situation where it was Miami, so they, you know, didn't play the way that they normally play when they get up for one of the big opponents in this conference that they're playing. I definitely think that first period was a little bit of playing down to your competition. It was probably the, I will say that was the worst period of hockey I've seen UNO play in the pod, at least. I mean, it was, there was, there was just nothing happening. They were failing to get pucks through the screens. There wasn't, we used to talk about eyes for the net guys that just, you know, were good at when the puck was on their stick, finding a lane and getting the puck to the net. Right. And we just didn't do any of that. We tried fancy passes. We made these crazy drops and it's like, don't drop it to the guy that's three feet behind you. Just shoot the puck at this point in time, especially early on in a first period. And I think that first periods kind of set the tone for the game for you. And when they started doing that too much, I was like, they're just going to struggle all night because they just don't have that sense of urgency of I have to get a goal. And you can see in the third period when we were down, it was like a different team for that last two, three minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Why weren't you guys here for the first 58 minutes. Yeah, they got good looks. They got shots. You know, Joey Abate during the game had a couple down in the crease that didn't quite go in. These were the moments for UNO that just, it didn't happen. And if you look at our games in the pod, you know, Miami, both of the games against them have been our two closest games. You know, we had right. to go to overtime to beat Miami, you know, a week ago. And we won two to one in the in the three on three in that game. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's one of those things where they just kind of have our number. You know, we talked about this before we played them last week that we had struggled against them last season. You know, despite all the good things that had happened, this was a team that we struggled against. We heard that, you know, Miami coach Chris Bergeron decided to play eight defensemen tonight. It looks like he's figured us out. Or maybe, uh, or maybe, or maybe we defeated ourselves. You know, I say I think I think that gives Miami a little bit too much credit. Okay, I'm not so sure that it's so much that they played us well. I think that the mistakes that we made, the outcome of the game was 
UNO not playing their game, not utilizing their assets, not being the team that we've seen to this point in the pod. And it's more of us defeating ourselves instead of the opponent getting the better side of us. Um, yeah. Now I will tell you what. Yeah. Did go ahead. you see that differently? Did you see it as Miami playing better or? I don't know. Like I told you, I was kind of tired. Yeah. I was I was looking at Twitter a lot tonight. <laughs> Bridget thinks Bridget thinks it's because the karma in Baxter Arena for UNO was thrown off <laughs> for this yeah, game. They, they upended the seating for us before yes. this game. So yesterday, on purpose. Yesterday, obviously, we're at home. We have nothing to do but watch hockey all day long, which is fantastic. By the way, I could spend my life just watching hockey all day long. But we noticed yesterday that our cutouts that somebody at Baxter Arena had decided, I guess last week, to put up in the upper bowl. And they put it up there before our decisive 10-2 to win against Western Michigan. Because I believe they were down below for that, that first game that we played on December 1st against Minnesota Duluth, which we lost. They had moved them to the upper deck to our seats in Section 216, Row J. But then yesterday... They were down below. So we basically had to lobby, as you're well aware, because you helped us out. We had to lobby to get our stand-ups back in the upper bowl. So today they were back up there. Not until the UNO game, but they were back up. We were in the opposite seats of where we normally sit. And we had Christmas hats on today. I don't know who thought that up. It was pretty cute. Kind of hilarious. And apparently Santa Claus was sitting behind us. We were debating for... I don't know, the past 24 hours as to what that was. Some people thought it was Big Bird. Your wife and I thought it was, you know, one of those inflatable dinosaur costumes, but it was Santa Claus with a long beard. So anyway, we were up there. But see, Bridget now is convinced. And as you know, hockey fans, very superstitious people. We've talked about that on the podcast before. Bridget was Guilty like, charged. Bridget was like, did they throw off the mojo by doing that, making that move? Uh, again guilty as charged i would argue yes i don't like you messing with things don't move people don't touch anything like unless you're needing to get some more you don't mess with success it's and like you've been pretty successful it's like if, if it works it, it's there i think there was a commercial about this it's like if it works it's not weird you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying but you you've done i know you've done that like we've done that where like you'll wear like a certain like jersey or a certain shirt to the game. You know, sometimes you'll send like Maddie down to sit with us when the team is struggling. <laughs> Your wife last the other night was sitting in the basement sewing when the Mavs won. So tonight she was upstairs. So we sent her back downstairs, but it wasn't soon enough. Miami's... Yeah, we started. A weird thing is, is we started playing better when she went downstairs. I'm like, she didn't get, she didn't get down there in time. Miami scored their lone goal. And it was, it was just, it was frustrating, frustrating for sure. But, but yeah, so we're all about the karma. So anyway, Apparently now we're sitting with Santa up in 216 and there's a sign behind him that says North Pole. So that that's that's what we're doing. So I don't know how this mojo is going to work. We're going to have to see what configuration they have for the cardboard cutouts. 
next game and everything else. It'll just be interesting to see. And normally we've played well in this thing in our black uniforms sitting on the road bench, but not tonight. Right. Do you think do you think maybe Gabinet needed to shake things up a little bit more. I know that there were some new players in the lineup tonight, like Josh Boyer. But do you think you had mentioned in our last podcast about potentially trying Roden and Nett to kind of shake up the dynamic? Do you think they need to play with the lines anymore? Obviously, Conley is still injured, and we don't know when he'll be back. So that's a that's a big loss in the lineup. But yeah, and I think that's one of the things to go back to our conversation of what happened. I, we talked at the beginning of the season about how I think we both agreed that, you know, he was such a good pick for the, the Mavs as their captain, uh, in our interactions with him and with the team and stuff, it seems like he's always been kind of one of those guys that, uh, helps push them to find their identity, you know, is the the coach on the ice kind of guy right and to not have that i think it definitely hurt the team it's not that we can't win without him it's not like he's you know necessarily a a key piece type of situation uh hopefully it's not a situation like with what happened with western michigan where you know you clearly they rely on that number one goaltender a lot right I think it was just a, this is the first game without him. What are we, who's filling that role? Right. Right. And it just didn't seem like anyone did. That was like the entire game outside of the last couple minutes. It just seemed like there was no cohesive strategy or movement on the team. And I just think that part of that was probably not having Conley and, you know, hopefully they figure that out as per your question about the lines. I, I've said it before when we've talked about like this player should be on this line. And, you know, last year, our big, our big thing was the CWS line with Conley and we, right. (laughs) Yep. Um, which we could get back to. We still have CWS available to us if we want to, you know, toss that out there sometime. We but sure do. I, as I said, you know, each each coach is kind of their different style and different philosophy. And I think that after that first period, you stick with it that first period. And at the end of that first period, I would have looked at that team and said, we need a juice. Like, we need something. We need to shake something up so that they're not familiar with what's going on that it's not there's no way to go through the motions because you're not with the same guys and i would have started jumbling some of the the wing pairs or or you know put a put a pair of wings that do well together with a different center or something along those lines just to just to shake it up because i really think that they needed some energy they needed some some life they weren't skating the way that we've seen them skate and that was that's a way to do it it's certainly not the only way to do it though yeah i mean do you think do you think any of it was just fatigue from the fact that they've played you know six games in 11 days yeah but they had two days off so i you know they actually they had a really nice break it was wednesday to saturday so you would think they'd be rested up 
You know, they played Colorado College on Wednesday, so it wasn't one of the the big guns. It wasn't a St. Cloud. It wasn't a North Dakota type of game. I, do you think maybe they were just overconfident coming in? Like, you know, we'll we'll get this. I don't know. I it's these these types of games are the hardest for me to talk about because they're kind of like. You know, a couple shots go the other way. You and I might be having a different conversation right now, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple really close opportunities. You know, any one of those goes in, and it's an entirely different game at that point. So right. it's the the what-ifs, it's always hard, and that's the hard part. Like, at the beginning of the season, when we're speculating about who's going to be with who. Right. There's that we're not at practice. We're not in the locker rooms. We're not in the team meetings. You know, we're not privy to all of that information. So we're fans. We see what's on the ice. We see what, what we see when we see the players and try to base that off of that. And so it's really hard to say, that it was this or that it was that, or, you know, if they'd done this differently, they would have got a different result because who knows, they could have been in the locker room saying, we've got this, we're good. And, you know, we're ready to go. And it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it, in, in some respects, it might be good that they had a game like this, you know, now heading into the second week of, I mean, it's never good to lose. So just don't, you know, don't get me wrong on that. But you know what I'm saying? It might be, you know, like a good reality check for the team. They might have been believing their own press a little bit. We'd been singing their praises. A lot of fans had been singing their praises. The commentators, they're still a a young team with a lot of young players. So it, it might be better that they had one of these games that didn't go as well, you know? They were moved into the top 20, so that certainly, you know, probably, I assume that they knew that, so it was probably on their mind. Sure. Um, you know, and the other thing is, I talked to you a little bit on text about this going into this game, is yep. part of this might have been looking at it going, in the game right before them, St. Cloud beat North Dakota. Yeah, that was a big win for St. Cloud. Yeah, and... So Omaha might be sitting there going, you know what? Uh-huh. A point, all a point anywhere, and we are at least tied with North Dakota. And in an ideal situation, if you get a win today and a win against St. Cloud, you've got an opportunity to, you know, be a second place team. You know, prior to the St. Cloud North Dakota game two wins could have put us into second place. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up because we did talk about that earlier today. And I thought at the time, because they have to turn right around and play St. Cloud tomorrow night at eight o'clock, I thought to myself, I wonder if they're going to be looking ahead to that, you know, more marquee matchup. And that you're absolutely right. That could have definitely affected the mojo for tonight's game. Any any coach will always tell you, you know, we're never looking ahead to the next team. We're always looking at this game. But I'm telling you as a player, you it gets in your head and they are playing well. You know, there are a lot of people talking about Omaha that, you know, were essentially written them off before the season. So, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. So 
So that and the switching up of the cardboard cutouts is what doomed the team tonight. So, well, <laughs> oh, no, I, I mean, just, I then, just, yeah. <laughs> then you've got, I think Miami's goaltender played an excellent game. I mean, he is, he's proven himself to be a good, you know, as, as one of the kind of, you know, faces that we haven't, you know, seen in the NCHC, he has proven himself to be a, a solid goaltender so far. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's been a, a sucky run the last few years for that team. And you know what? They're, they, they, they just won their first game against us and against anybody this season tonight, but they've looked pretty good and they played tough in a lot of these games. So, you know, you've got to give him credit. Yeah. I think we didn't make it easy on, we didn't make it hard on him. That's for sure. I think right. we played games where, you know, goaltenders had to make um, some, some more stellar saves. He made some big ones and that's, that's what helped him. You know, there's a couple times where he had to make an, a, an abnormal save and he did that. And, but right. the second chance opportunities that we're used to were not there. So he wasn't having to scramble and control rebounds the way that Seville was. Uh, oddly enough, even though Seville faces fewer shots, I thought that Seville had to make more challenging saves, more, more challenging saves um, than the Miami goalie tender had to. But, you know, ultimately it was, <laughs> it was a tale of one save. Right. It it was. Yeah. Isaiah Seville played well tonight. That was that was a, and it was a fluky. The, the goal that was scored on him was this. It was just this fluky, like really long rebound that you don't always see that just it went back to the guy who had shot it, who right. was kind of he was sort of out at the point a bit. And he just fired it in there. The thing ricocheted right back to him and he fired it in again. And it. Yeah. Just it was unfortunate, and if that goal doesn't go in, who knows what happens in the third period? You know, right? I don't know. And now Omaha is in a you know position that they're going to have to look at St. Cloud on Sunday and say, now our backs are a little. If we want to stay where we are, our backs are a bit of against the wall. Um, you know, we're still trailing North Dakota. We're sitting in fourth. We're only one point ahead of Denver. You know, you lose to St. Cloud, and it's going to be hard to catch St. Cloud because at that point in time, they're going to be seven points ahead of you. And you may get leaped by both Denver and Western Michigan. Yeah, it's a tough one. And St. Cloud, it, you know, it's interesting. St. Cloud had a had a game kind of like we did tonight against Western Michigan uh, on uh, on Wednesday before they you know, played really, really well against North Dakota today. So let's hope we have that kind of rebound against St. Cloud um, tomorrow night. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. That's a that's a tough team. It's a That's a fast team. You know, they, in some respects, they kind of look like us and how we've looked early on so far this season. So we've got to be uh, ready to run up and down the ice with them tomorrow night. And we're going to have to capitalize on opportunities or we will be – under 500 and fighting for, you know, middle tier ground. Yeah. Which is not what Jason and I want. We want to be fine. No. <laughs> we want to be, we want to be in the top in this truncated season. We want to be uh, competing for the, 
for the top half uh top half of the conference so yeah we uh in our other matchup against St. Cloud we lost 5 to 3 so this is going to be a this is going to be a good test uh, a good matchup for us i don't know what'll happen do you want to do players of the game for for tonight's game or yeah we got to do players of the game okay let's do our, let's do our players of the game i think i go first this time is that right uh yes i am going to pick bremer you're going to pick brock bremer okay uh, I mean, the number of times his name was mentioned and, and the opportunities that he had. I mean, obviously, you know, with with no scoring to go off of, it kind of levels the playing field as it comes to who's the player of the game. But he seemed to have a jump in his step. He seemed to have energy. Um, certainly noticed him with the puck a lot. So uh, I liked his energy. I liked his play today. Yeah, and I think I'm going to go with Joey Abate today. He had two of the best opportunities UNO had to put the puck in the net, two grade-A opportunities, and um, he's always a player who plays with emotion, sometimes too much emotion. But uh, the one thing I like about him is he'll, he'll, always, uh, he'll always leave it out there. So I'm going to go with Joey Abate tonight. If, if one of those shots had had gone down, it would have been fantastic, but that ultimately didn't happen, so... I'm surprised you didn't mention Ward after his uh, end-to-end rush that just <clears throat> missed. Yes, I know he was. He would have been an option as well, and um, he's a guy that I, I'm. I'm. I want to see him get going this season because uh, he's really been arguably our, our most important offensive player the past couple of seasons. So, and he's so, been a bit quiet this year. A little bit quiet this year so far. So. So we'll just have to see. We'll see if we can get him triggering. Get a get a hat trick here against St. Cloud. That'll go a long way. Yes. So expectations for the St. Cloud game on Sunday night. Well, that's that's uh, that's. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. After a game like this, it's hard. You know, if if we'd won this game, I would have been like, I'm so excited. This is the this is you know like the matchup of the the matchup of the uh, pod so far. But I don't know what to say. I'm gonna say five to loss to St. Cloud. Okay, you're going with the loss to St. Cloud. Boy, this yeah. is a tough one. I I don't, and the big thing I will say, I don't think Conley's back, and I just don't. I think we can beat Saint Cloud, but with Conley out, I don't think we will. Um, it's it's always hard because it's like I look at the team going, we clearly have the pieces to to make this happen, but after what I saw tonight, I just don't expect that that will be the case. You look at St. Cloud has some really, really good offensive threats, guys like, you know, Kevin Fitzgerald being one who's really kind of torn it up during this uh, pod bubble hockey that we've been playing the past week or so. I think that, I think it's going to be tough, but I think UNO is going to come out and play better. It wouldn't surprise me to see Gabinet and the coaching staff switch things up for us. I'll be interested to see if they have David Rennick in net 
again. Um, I'm going to go with UNO. I'm going to go with us losing. Four to one. I'm going to say we're going to lose four to one. Did you say five to two? I did say five to two. Okay, that was not a very exciting pick. Maybe I should go with something more exciting. Like it's going to be two to two. We're going to go to overtime and we're going to lose in a shootout. Maybe let's do that. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it's it's going to be two hell? to two. Go it's to overtime. Who cares? We're going to go to a shootout and we're going to lose in the shootout. There you go. Okay. We're going to lose the point. It'll technically be a tie overall. So I'm picking a tie, but we're going to lose the uh, we're going to lose the point in the shootout. The extra point in the uh, shootout loss. So there you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. and and one more little follow up I'm going to do cuz you and I had talked I believe in the last podcast about the players wearing masks in the penalty box. Okay, yeah. And we wondered if that was something new. So I went back and watched some of the games and I I couldn't tell if it was cuz sometimes, you know, they'll show the players in the box quite a bit who are serving penalties and sometimes they won't. But the NCHC clarified this today so i was going to read what they tweeted they tweeted to brent bean today they said the masks in the box are related to how long a player is in the box so a minor penalty equals no mask but a double minor a major or a misconduct equals mask so if you're going to be in there for two minutes of hockey time or less yes you don't have to wear a mask right the weird thing about that is, is that <laughs> two minutes of hockey time could be a lot longer than two minutes. Well, that's what I tried to explain to somebody. I said there are, there are breaks in play while that that player is in the box. You know, the 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 puck might leave the leave the playing surface. There might be a media timeout. There could be another penalty that you know stops the clock and might even have to be reviewed. There might be a face-off violation. There are all variety of things that could happen that, you know, mean that that player's in the box for more than two minutes. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 the way that this day's gone, I'm not, I'm not even sure how to, I don't know how to interpret this. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I I would just assume if they all went to the box, just, you know, have them put the mask on or, or if if you don't want them to do it, just decide now, nobody's going to put the mask on. I don't, I don't, I, I, what, I mean, what's your, do you want to give your interpretation on this? Do you? (laughs) Well, I mean, the, (laughs) me being the sarcastic idiot that I am. I know. And I normally am too. Yep. Why don't they just, you know, not let them take their helmets off and, you know, do some sort of like cage covering or something like that <laughs> that they have to put it on might be when easier. they get in there? But yeah, like a paper bag. But I just think of like <laughs> all of those masks are just sitting in that box for the next sixty plus minutes. <laughs> like, did we really accomplish much in this? I don't know. Well, I and- really. And, and, you know, the players are the ones who are getting tested frequently, but the kind of off-ice official who's sitting in the box with them isn't. So, obviously, that person's wearing the mask to protect the players, but then I would assume that the players would also want to wear the mask to 
protect the person in the body, but then to also, you know, have some level of protection from the, I don't know what they, I don't, I don't even, maybe it's just, just, it's a, it's a, it's a punishment. If you, if you, (laughs) if you have a double minor or a major, it's a worse penalty. So you have to wear the mask. (laughs) It's a penalty on top of a penalty on top of a penalty. It's a, it's a, I don't know. I have, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Jason. I have, <laughs> at this point, I John have. wants them to write the word shame on the front of them. And... <laughs> yes, they should have certain masks printed that say major and certain masks that say, you know, misconduct and double minor. Yes, they should have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After the last episode, I didn't mention it. I just okay. totally spaced it in the app, but I was like, one of the first things that went through my head was, so they, is it like the pens at the doctor's office where I've got like a jar that says clean and a jar that says unclean? Is that what they do with them? When they, <laughs> like, otherwise, what if they grab a used mask? Or yes. But so now I want to know if there's like a, is there an unclean trash can in there and a clean well, trash can in there? Yeah, I don't know. It's I. Oh, oh. By the way, we're sorry. We accidentally <laughs> gave you one of the other guys masks. I, yeah. I, I. You know, it is. It's. It's kind of like when the coaches are wearing the masks. I mean, I understand why you do that. It's great optics. But by the same token, like, the coaches hang out with these players all the time, not wearing masks. So it's like right during the game, we got it, and everybody's like, "Well, they." It's because they interact with the officials, and you're like, "But yeah, they always all pull their masks down when they're they talking." They always to each pull other. it down anytime they're so, talking to anyone. Again, and I want, I just want to qualify this by saying, Jason and I are very much pro mask. It's just, it's that time in the day and that time in the the early season so far where we're just at silly season now. So we're like, all right, okay, I guess this is what we're doing, but but we'll uh, but we'll see. I'm just happy our seats are back up in 216. I'm I'm happy to be up there with Santa Claus apparently and 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 Christmas hats. So I'm just yeah. happy we get to watch hockey because I, I am too. It's better than anything else. That's for sure. Have you gotten burned out on hockey yet? Heck no. Has Jolene gotten burned out on hockey yet? I don't know. That would be a question for her. But it's it's possible. I mean, that's kind of. Like there's, yeah, that's kind of a stupid question with me because, I mean, I watch. You watch it all the time. All I watch the like time. a hand, in a normal year, I'll watch a handful of NHL games every day plus college games. So, when it comes to watching hockey, it takes a whole lot of hockey for me to, to, to get there, and I don't think I've ever been able to watch that much hockey. Oh, I'll be I'll be honest with you. Like even on ESPN three, I'll you know when those teams have played over the years, like you know. You you got these club teams like Liberty, for example, that play on there. Uh, it's pretty fun to even watch, you know, hockey at that level. You know, when you watch that Division Three uh, type hockey, it's 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 just fun to watch it. You know, it's different, right? It definitely is different, but it's I fun. I remember when I called Cox one time to argue about them getting a channel that I wanted because it was carrying hockey games, and I wanted to watch the hockey games and. The guy's like, well, we don't carry that channel, but would you be interested in Hallmark? I'm like, all right, are you guys so pathetic as a media organization that you do not track what I watch? Like, you should be able to look at this going, hmm, this guy watches hockey channels. I mean, 
when I had my broken leg, I think the NHL network was on TV like 24-7 practically because I had to sleep on the couch. I mean, yeah, you guys should be <laughs> better at your jobs than that. Oh, uh, I'm, you know, I kind of, I'm, 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 I miss the days when it was on uh, ESPN and um, we had one of the Fox Sports, I think it was Fox Sports Midwest at that Midwest. time. Yeah, and yeah, that was that was and you you would have loved those years and you may have been here during those years. That's when all of your Colorado Avalanche games were on. So so yeah, it is uh it it's definitely a different dynamic now with uh NBC Sports carrying the games and yeah. It's not the same, but but anyway, we got to we got to turn around 24 hours from now and do this again. I know Jason and I are very excited. We hope the game goes <laughs> better tomorrow. I'm hopeful that it will. I'm apparently picking an overtime, an overtime loss in a shootout. So it should be exciting. Uh, should be exciting one way or the other. But uh, but until then, as always, we thank you for your support. We thank you when you like and share when we post about this podcast online, and uh, we really appreciate that. So be sure to follow Mab Puck on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find links to those at MabPuck.com. And until next time, which will be 24 hours from now. Go Mavs. Go Mavs.